Health Moves Forward. I'm Mark Allen, and uh, along with the insane Daryl Wayne, we are doing our show from Washington, D.C., from the Organics and Natural uh, Health Association, along with Karen Howard, who is uh, co-hosting with us today. And uh, we are going to stay in Washington, D.C. with our next guest. We're going to introduce everybody to Alexis Baden-Mayer. Uh, uh, Esquire, by the way. She went to law school, Karen. She's a smart one. She is. Sure. Yeah, right? Uh, she is with the Organic Consumers Association. And um, Alexis, welcome to Late Night Health. Thanks. Great to be here with you. Uh, what is the Organic Consumers Association all about? Well, we're a group that started advocating around good organic standards, keeping organic standards strong. Um, back in the late 1990s when the federal standard was coming about. And since then, we've continued that work, and we also work against the worst forms of industrial agriculture, genetically modified organisms and pesticides and factory farms. And in recent years, we've been really involved in the climate movement, showing that regenerative organic agriculture has a benefit to the climate, and we need to make that shift both for climate resilience and to help reverse climate change. Would you say that there is uh, climate change in general from what you've researched? Or is that just um, thousands of scientists saying that uh, there is climate change? Um, yes, we, we believe in climate change. We believe that it is man-made. And we see that reflected in the work of scientists who are studying the issue. Um, we're way past the dangerous tipping point of um, 350 parts per million of carbon dioxide in the atmosphere. We're up around 410 parts per million, and the only way to draw down that CO2 is through regenerative organic agriculture. Soil loves carbon. That's what makes soil fertile. It makes food nutritious. It um, creates resiliency to droughts and floods because the soil can hold more water when it has more carbon. So, so regenerative organic agriculture is one of the most important solutions to climate change. Do we have to get that carbon out of the air and into the soil? Is that Would that be one that's of the, the things idea. to do? Yep, that's the way to do it. You're, a, you're a, an attorney, and yep. how, did you, how did you get into uh, 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 organic lifestyle, if you will, from law? Well, I was always predisposed to to the lifestyle, that wasn't the hard part, <laughs> but I was very lucky to have been introduced to Organic Consumers Association's director, Ronnie Cummins, um, by David Bronner of Dr. Bronner's Magic Soap. And do you think that more and more people are interested in organic, you know, fruits, vegetables, products of all kinds, supplements? Absolutely, yes. We have seen a huge shift towards organic and natural health products. And most families, because they know it's better for their kids and better for themselves, most people are buying organic food and organic natural health products whenever they're available and whenever they can afford it. So we just need to, to keep putting those products out there and making them more available to consumers. You just said the magic word. Uh, I talked to Karen about that a little bit earlier in the show. Afford you know, when I go to the market and I see organic bananas or non-organic bananas and there's a 40 cent per pound difference, 
I question it. Should I just say, hey, this is healthier for me and my family? Yeah, I think that on balance, you realize that overall your health care costs are going to be lower if you avoid the diet-related diseases that are so prevalent right now. And you're the political director, so you're, what is what is your position with the with the organization? Are do, well, do you, yeah. you you who do you fight? <laughs> <laughs> well, I like to think of it more as working collaboratively with government. It's it's often a fight, but there are opportunities to create good policies, and there are some members of Congress that we have really great relationships with. So that's my role: is I'm interfacing with the federal government both the agencies, the Environmental Protection Agency, the U.S. Department of Agriculture, the Food and Drug Administration, but also Congress. Mark, you know, I, I was just at a conference where I heard Mark Hyman speak, and it was a great conversation uh, with That's him. That's Dr. Dr. Mark Hyman. Dr. Mark Hyman. And he spoke basically to the politics in our food supply chain. And the takeaway is the cost of food has completely been misrepresented to us as consumers because of all of the um, cost shifting that goes on, all the supplement that happens with sugar, and that whole industry. So the collaboration around what we, I think you and I would refer to as like real food, which is organic food and grass-fed food, is that in some ways our biggest obstacle is, you know, this institutionalized financial support system for big ag and commodities versus people who are working really hard to make those products healthy and accessible. Like I, I mentioned to Mark earlier, our, our issues with grass-fed and farmers who can't even transport their meats across the state line or sell to retailers. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, consumers end up paying for their food three times, the, for the junk food that the U.S. government subsidizes. They pay with their tax dollars. We spend $90 billion every five years on our food system, and most of that goes to shifting resources to um, GMO soy and corn. That ends up as either factory farm animal feed or ethanol for our cars, <laughs> or you know, a small part of it is also the high fructose corn syrup and the trans fats that we shouldn't be eating. And then, of course, we're eating a lot of meat because of that. So we pay in our tax dollars. We pay at the grocery store, and we think we're getting a deal because the food looks so cheap, but then we pay a third time when we get our medical bills for the diet-related diseases that are so rampant. And by the way, I don't mind if I have genetically modified corn in my car. It's when I'm eating it that I have problems with it. You know, if, if they're... I actually have I mean, more problems with it being in the car. Do you? Because it's not it's not doing anything to help the soil system. All right, got it. So people and, say to me, do you oppose GMOs? And I was like, yes, I oppose GMOs. I'm not going to get in an argue about... Oh, I do. I don't like I them don't either. You know that. Because, but the reality is is that it's just killing our soil system, and, and that just... And the environment. ...complicates exactly what Alexis right. was just speaking to. But, all right, so Alexis and Karen, why are our food prices skyrocketing? My wife and I go to the market. We buy... Uh, uh, well, I was telling telling uh, uh, Karen we've been buying a kale salad, and I've noticed in two months that it's it's gone up about thirty to forty percent. Why? It might be seasonal, um, and it might be it might you know we are going to see food prices rise because of climate change. 
Um, you know, the wildfires in California are just one example of the hell on earth that climate change is creating. And we've seen instances where climate change has influenced, influenced food prices in a way that it can be uh, directly shown through data. So um, in the late 2000s, there were wildfires in Russia that wiped out the wheat crop. And then Russia decided not to export any of their wheat. And that led to the price of wheat globally going up measurably to the, to the point where I went to my local bakery here in Washington, D.C., and they said, we've raised our cupcake prices a bit because of the increased cost of wheat. So it's, it's really interesting to see how our global food supply is, is pretty brittle and can be easily disrupted by, by events like you know, extreme wildfires that wipe out a crop in one country. It, and the, the the fires in California. I live in in Ventura County, uh, uh, as does uh, Dale uh, Wayne, uh, Dale Daryl Wayne. And the the local fires, while they destroyed some crops, they destroyed a lot of uh, of, uh, of of foresty areas, uh, especially where uh, near where I live. And not only is it um, it's still difficult at times to breathe, and the fires have been gone for a couple of months because Jeez, of the wow, residue. I'm so sorry. Right? Which is terrible. And people with respiratory ailments, you know, they have to go to the doctor, which increases their bills, and 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 it it's it's a round it's a round robin. Uh, we are spending some time uh, with uh, uh, Alexis. Uh, Baden Mayer, she's the political director of the Organic Consumers Association, Citizens Regeneration Regeneration Lobby, along with uh, Karen Howard, uh, the CEO and executive director of the Organic and Natural Health Association, here on Late Night Health. Join us at LateNightHealth.com, where we'll have pictures of uh, these uh, wonderful people up, as well as links to their organizations and uh, so you can learn more about them. Where is this, where's this going? I mean, what are we going to do? I mean, if we go back to the old-style farming, and and I'm looking directly at Karen now, but if we go back to old-style farming and we don't use pesticides, ConAgra, oops, I mentioned a name, um, <laughs> Big Big Agra, is saying, well, without the pesticides, we can't grow food well. Is I don't think that's true. I grow, I grow tomatoes, I grow oranges, I grow lemons, and for Daryl, I grow peppers. Last year, they were very mild. I'm sorry about that. But those those kinds of things, all without pesticides. Yeah, because healthy soil, you don't have pesticides. Right. That's just the bottom line. And and the farmers who have migrated to regenerative agriculture uh, can attest to that. Just a question of how quickly to trans to, to, to make that transition in those farms, um, to encourage that, to financially provide this incentive for it. I mean, these are all some of the challenges uh, that the food supply system that Alexis just so articulately pointed out were the political pressure points that we're fighting against. Where cupcakes are going up and and they shouldn't. Uh, it, it just, it's it's amazing to me how fast food prices are rising. 
and and I don't I don't understand. I'm trying to find out why, and I don't get it. I just I well, don't get it. I think one thing a consumer can do is make a direct relationship with the farmer. I've really found this valuable in my own life to to do community supported agriculture, to shop at farmers markets, and to buy direct from a farmer and you know the farmer can really benefit if you buy direct at the beginning of the growing season if you commit to buying a share of vegetables or a share of milk or now my farmer is even doing a chicken CSA this year so this is a great way where you can support your farmer you can invest in in their growing season make sure that they have the resources to supply the food that you want and what I love about it the best is that's the best way for a farmer to make a living because I'm not paying any middlemen. I go straight to my farmer, and that family gets 100% of the, the value of the food direct from me as a consumer. And I feel really good about that, considering that so many farmers are operating at a loss. And when we buy food at the grocery store that went through middlemen like Cargill, we already mentioned, um, <laughs> you know, the <laughs> farmer gets a very, very, very tiny portion of that food dollar that we spend at the grocery store. And that's why we have so many farmers who end up selling out to developers or selling out to larger, more industrialized farms. And we're preparing- Alexis, we're gonna take a time out. We're gonna take a time out for a few moments. And when we come back, we'll continue our discussion. Uh, this is Late Night Health. I'm Mark Allen, along with the insane Daryl Wayne. Karen is here, Alexis is here. And we turn this over to Daryl again as uh, we continue on Late Night Health. Join us at latenighthealth.com. Recently, I met Jacqueline from Bright here in Los Angeles. She gave me a hearing exam and then showed me how to hear again with the new Signia Pure Series hearing aids, and she can give you your life back too. I hear birds chirping, birds cooing, and even my wife. They easily connect to my smartphone. The Signia hearing aids are amazing, and with the charge and go, I don't have to fiddle with batteries and hear all day long. Not hearing is frustrating for you and your family. I know, you don't have a problem, but trust me, call Bright here now for a free hearing exam, a $125 value, yours free, just for making an appointment now. There are offices throughout the Los Angeles area. Call Bright here now at 323-424-7100. That's 323-424-7100 for a free hearing exam. There's no obligation. Call now, 323-424-7100, or visit them on the web at brighthear.com. The latest from the greatest, the best in new music by classic rockers, with your host, the insane Daryl Wayne. This is Alice Cooper, and if Daryl Wayne is insane, what does that make me criminally insane? Stick around to find out. Many of the artist interviews for the latest from the greatest have been captured on audiobook. There is a volume one and volume two. Great information and conversations with people in the industry and people surrounded by the industry and of course the rock stars themselves i'm the reverend al green and you're listening to the insane daryl wayne and i said wayne insane you can find it on amazon or blackstone audio search for the latest from the greatest from daryl wayne d-a-r-r-e-l-l-w-a-y-n-e Hello, this is Weird Al Yankovic, and you're listening to the insane Daryl Wayne, aren't you? (laughs) 